Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. Welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. He's back! Ooh, we've had good. Yeah, we've had like a couple weeks there in limbo in a way. I mean, we had one week where we took a week off. And then uh, last week I recorded with Jeff Zandy on the road back from Detroit. Did you get a chance to listen to that at all? No. That's fine. You know, <laughs> I don't care. Just curious. Well, it was fun. Uh, crazy trip. Um, long story short, we did poorly, uh, but we had a fun time. So it all worked out. Um, no regrets. Um, and Legit MTG sponsored our team. I just want to thank them again. First of all, for sponsoring the show. Second of all, for sponsoring the team. Third of all, for sponsoring my stream. Legit MTG is very, very good to us. Um, I so, watched your stream. Yes, you did. My stream on Sunday was awful. It's fun times. Fun oh, and uncensored times. Oh, yes, it is. It is very uncensored. My stream is very not PG. We keep this show clean, but our stream is not <laughs> clean. Uh it, it, it's 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 hard to keep a stream clean when you have the kind of drafts that I had on Sunday. Um, <laughs> but that's okay. It's all a process, and I'm and I'm happy to be uh, sharing this process with the world, much to the world's dismay. Um, we'll get there. I'm, I'm I'm very happy to do a draft in paper tomorrow night over at Jeff's house. Um, but yeah, I mean, next Sunday we'll be doing more draft. Uh, I'm just, I just got to keep at it. I just have to keep at it. I have to just keep working on my fundamentals of draft because it's just the area of magic I want to improve in the most. So, um, so I, need, I need to pay, play more paper magic in general. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely hear that. Yeah, I told you about the PPTQ, right? I didn't hear much about it why don't you tell me about why don't you tell everybody about it sure i'll just briefly go over it so it was a last chance pptq for the rptq that was last weekend i want to say yeah and it was origin sealed and i opened up i'd say it was like a seven out of ten it was a decent deck um but it was just you know super big on synergies but multiple synergies because it had two of the uh two three flash blue white flyer that gives your other flyers plus one plus one yeah and so that was kind of a tiebreaker. And then I had a few incidental um, artifact makers plus uh, Thopter Spy Network, which is like unbeatable if you actually get it online. Yeah. Um, so basically played that. And it was the first time I'd played Paper Magic basically since GP Dallas. <laughs> right. 
And I felt like I was at the top of my game online, at least for, for Origins Limited. I think at one point my rating was up to 1860, which is like the highest by a very significant margin like ever. Um, so I felt very confident in terms of this format. And so I go into round one and uh, let me let me set up the board a little bit for you. He's got uh, Kithian's Irregulars, which is a very good card. Uh, I've got a Vryn Wingmare, the 2-1 flyer that makes all of your non-creature spells cost one more. And all your all non-creature spells. Non-creatures, just in not, general. All not, not just not, yours. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a flying Thalia um, without first strike. And for one more colorless mana. We get it. Move on. It's got different art. <laughs> different set. Uh, anyway, so I also had a just a 2-2. I think it was a the knight that gains you two life. Yep. And I had four lands in play and a suppression bonds, which I couldn't cast because I had four lands in play and a Vren Wingmare. So on his turn, he taps out to cast some sort of creature. Don't know what it is. And swings with his irregulars. And I'm sitting there with four combined power across two creatures. So, you know, the logical play would probably be to double block. But no, I didn't I didn't take that line of play. That's the best line of play and the obvious line of play. Didn't do that. The second would be just to take it so you keep your creatures. So you can't just, you know, tap down one next turn. Uh, didn't do that. The uh, third line of play would be to chump block with your Vryn. And then next turn you get to play your suppression bonds and keep your 2-2. Uh, and suppression bonds his uh, irregulars. Uh, I, I didn't do that. Uh, so didn't what do I that either? No, I didn't do that. So what I did is I chump blocked with the two two. Oh my god! Just chump blocked with him tapped out, mind you. What is your life total? Oh, I don't know, like eighteen or seven. Why are you chump blocking <laughs> at eighteen life? I don't even like. I went back through and there was like like a tree. Like your decision tree just got yeah. chopped down and i there was multiple paths and I, I i weaved my way in and out to find the exact perfect bad play like the worst possible play that i could find and i by gum i did it oh my uh, god and then of course i didn't draw my fifth land and could never cast my suppression bonds and just lost because he's tapping <laughs> i was just like what am i doing <laughs> wow uh that should have been tilting but it wasn't. Well, good. That, no, that's really good, though. You know, like, that's that's just good that you were able to, like, you know, learn from it, move the hell on. It's mm -hmm. very important skill. Yeah. And then I played Ridiculous Magic the rest of the day, but lost my winning in. Ugh, that's a bummer. But, and you finished ninth, right? Ninth on breaks? Yeah, ninth Yeah. No, yeah. you were ninth. I, t I clearly remember. Because I remember, I think Peter was, like, 12th. One of you just barely missed, and it was you. You were ninth. Okay, I don't remember. I looked at the standings. <laughs> I looked at the well, standings I got from out Detroit of very quickly. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I imagine uh, it was fun. Yeah, including I, I won on a mold of five during my winning in to 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 take it to game three. Like I was very locked in and not letting anything get me down and playing uh, exceptionally well. Um, but uh, I got the old God. I think I had three Thopters out and a, and the bonded construct with the Thopter spy network going. Nice. And I had to dodge Chandra's Fury for one turn because I had to tap out. 
and I didn't keep up the uh, the flash that would have given my Thopters plus one plus one. Oh no! And off the top, Chandra's Fury. Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's so that was the game. But uh, yeah, it was good. The rest of the time, I, I played against very good decks and uh, you know played very well. And it, it was it was still helpful despite not uh, top eighting. I want to say uh, Mark Hendrickson won that. I think so. I think it was Mark Hendrickson versus Nick in the finals. Okay. Um, I think Mark Hendrickson won. I'm horrible with names. So one of the people in the top eight was someone I played at GP Dallas. I don't know who you played at GP Dallas, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go on Planeswalker points later. And I'm I don't know. Bad. Well, um, well, anyway, that's, you know, still, uh, you know, still a good performance and, you know, good practice to not let yourself tilt in that situation you know yeah i just need to play like one paper magic tournament before the tournament yeah yeah so so i'm guessing with that said you're almost certainly in for this sunday right i think i am actually cool great yeah i'm i mean i I took off work for it i'm definitely in there's a modern it's a modern gpt for oklahoma city which we are attending oklahoma city um and uh, yeah, and it's and it's seven dollars to enter. That just seems like amazingly cheap for a GPT. So I'm happy. Uh, and yeah, so good. Well, that'll be some good practice, competitive REL. And hell, you win, you get an extra buy. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. Um, we're gonna have a lot of opportunities to get extra buys because I want to grind some of those uh, last chance qualifiers. Not for the buys, but just for the practice, you know, uh, when we actually get on site on that Friday. So, you know, lots of chances to play some modern. And actually, uh, you know, that's a pretty good transition uh, because I said so and I announced it. So that makes it a really good transition. Mm-hmm. Um, the best transitions are the ones that you just announce. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe have like a little like theme music that pops up in the background of them. Or, sure. It's like know? a joke that you have to explain multiple times. It gets funnier and funnier. Yeah. The more people are like, I, don't, I still don't get it. And yeah, you play yeah. it again and it gets exactly. funnier. You know, this is the thing. A bologna sandwich walked into a bar and he asked the bartender, do you serve food here? And the bartender said no. Yeah, but anyway, that, you know, we talked about a little bit of limited, but that's all the limited talk for this week because we are diving into constructed magic, something that we haven't done on this podcast in over a month, I want to say. I want to say we haven't talked about constructed in over a month, which is kind of amazing considering that this used to be a strictly constructed show. Um, but uh, that's what happens when you put Big Head Joe in charge, is that we start talking about Origins Draft for a month. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, Modern is the big event, but I kind of want to briefly touch on Standard, because you said you did get the chance to play a little bit of Standard, right? Just a smidge. Because yeah. I, I realized we're going to be playing the, or we are likely going to be playing the WMCQ the week after uh, GP Oklahoma City. Yes, I have all for that as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know... I, I don't see any reason why not. Just got to have a deck. Yeah, it's but it's standard. So right. I figured I should at least like just have a few reps under my belt in the format, although it's been changing every week. So I don't know how relevant it's going to be. So I actually just swallowed my pride and played boring obs on control because I feel like that's the, the, the oh, known oh. quantity. 
Abzan. Oh, I'm off to play the grand piano. <laughs> I just think it's the, the deck that's least likely to change in terms of, like, it's going to be good after the GP or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, agreed. I mean, Siege Rhino will be good for uh, as long as the card is, like, in a solid form. I know how ridiculous this sounds, but that card's really, really good. <laughs> like, I was playing against a, just Mono Red because I was playing online, and that's what everyone's playing. And I just cast two of those things, and I just won the game. Like the world is burning, and there's, like, barely anything but ash left. And somebody, like, is crawling through the rubble, and they find the remnants of a siege rhino and they read the stats and they, and this is thousands of years from now, they're going to go, damn, that's an aggressively precosted magic card. And it's going <laughs> to catch on fire and the rest of the world's going to go. But yeah, no, I think that's going to be true for as long as it isn't, as long as the world isn't incinerated. Um, what an optimist. Yes, 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 yes. My grandmother is uh, one of the, chairs of the optimist club uh that's that's actual fact i don't so, know where to go with that it, it went well i liked playing abs and where control. did you play did you just play like fnm or uh no i just booted up online okay this is on moto okay just cool. took it through its paces cool uh entered nate man didn't even play that well still won it because i drew multiple siege rhinos uh, right but yeah, I, I, it reflected kind of a shift in my thinking. I was, <laughs> I got a little arrogant over the course of uh, the PPTQ, and I'm like, uh, like even after I would like lose game one to like a clearly superior deck, like just way better, multiple planeswalkers, uh, plus tragic arrogance, um, and I would just be like, that's okay. I'm out playing him, and I still got this, and <laughs> it still worked. Um, uh, and so I decided when I was playing when trying to choose a standard deck to just at least test out uh i looked at abs and normally i'm like nah i'm too cool for school everyone's playing them that's a boring deck it's not cool it's on everyone's radar but i was just like well it gives you like the most decisions because you know you can just milk as much value as you can off coursers and nissa and stuff like that and i'm just like i'm, I'm gonna play that because it gives me the most uh decisions to make and and opportunities to outplay my opponent and i want that's what i want to do now cool hopefully so you think you're stuck on that now? Yeah, or this uh, five-color zoo brew I've got going on. So we'll oh, see about that. Oh, God. Uh, so how do you think that the uh, the mono-red aggro deck is positioned now? Because I feel like I didn't – well, no, I was looking at modern results, and I was kind of disturbed by the utter lack of burn decks in the modern uh, – from last weekend in Charlotte, I think it was. Oh, you're talking about modern? Well, I'm, t I'm talking about modern right in this second, but uh, how do you think that the red deck, the red aggro, red aggro standard is positioned? Um, you would think very well by the number of people that play it online, but I would say not very well. I never felt like that deck was running me over. If you're prepared for it, I, I don't feel like it's a huge hurdle to beat. It's got a good matchup versus mill, but no one plays mill right now. Hmm. Um I would think it should have a good matchup versus Abzan Control, but it's not like, you know, night and day. It's not like 70-30 or anything like that. Um, it not, not a lot of people are playing green-white right now, but green-white is really good versus mono-red. I feel like Abzan Aggro is pretty good versus mono-red just because you have bigger – like all your creatures cost just 
the same or slightly more, and they're a lot better. Um, I don't feel like it's very well positioned right now. Yeah. Sadly. Very well, sadly. Well, that's a shame because that's the deck I was thinking I wanted to play. But there's a blue-red mill deck. Yeah, I wanted Why to... am I not playing the blue? I'm playing blue-red. I'm playing mill in the World Magic Cup qualifier. Period. Why would I not be playing mill? Like, it was my dream for a mill deck to be competitive. Like, the whole time I was playing Magic, you know, eight, ten years ago. I'm going to play mill. Just like just like when I had, uh, what was it? What was that deck even? A Maze's End. Maze's End. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm playing mill. I'm playing mill in the World Magic Cup Qualifier. Now right. we just got, well, now I just got to build it. <laughs> I don't I don't know what cards I have for it if I have any. But, uh, um, you you got to get four Jaces. The rest is very cheap. Right, know. right. I'll have to borrow some Jaces. Do you have any? I sold all mine. Boo. <laughs> At I'll GP find, Dallas. I'll find somebody with some Jaces. Sure, sure. Just a little postscript uh, about this conversation we were having. I looked at the blue-red mill lists after we recorded this episode, and there's no chance in hell that I'm running one of these lists. They just seem so bad and... Ugh. There's no way. So, back to the drawing board. We'll talk more about Standard uh, when we get... Cl- like af- Probably after... Uh, Oklahoma City, when we get closer to uh, having to play standard, we'll probably talk about it a little bit more. Uh, but for right now, I'm going to talk about Modern, because uh, Modern is the next big competitive format we're going to have to play. Um, I've made a decision on what deck I'm playing, and I need to know about this deck. So Steven has played this deck for a very long time, uh, with varying degrees of success. I have not played it enough, um, but I am playing Burn, and I need to know about this deck. So, so I've been I've been looking at Burn. Uh, there was a really good uh, Modern Burn primer on ModernNexus.com, and we'll link it to the show notes. It kind of just gives you a general overview of the deck, um, a stock list, and like what the deck does, how it operates. Um, you know, I did get to play. Um, at Wednesday Night Magic, I got to play Modern last week, uh, just to kind of get an idea of the deck and how it functions. And I wound up going two and two. Uh, I lost to the Mirror and Affinity, and I beat a Seismic Swans deck, which was very odd. Hmm. But then I beat Soul Sisters, which felt like I went three one. Hmm. <laughs> that felt better than than fouring the tournament. Was playing Burn and beating Soul Sisters. Uh, felt very good. Now, I don't want to deflate your balloon. Okay. And this is this is a little little tidbit that people. It's not very commonly understood, and I've had people argue with me about this. Uh, Burn is actually slightly favored versus Soul Sisters. I'm really? not joking. Yep. Oh, I don't. I, look, you would know better than me. You know, because um, you've played the deck a lot. It's it's not an un, it's like people assume that there's like it's like as as bad of a matchup as possible like in a meta game like you could pick two decks and like and and you could just decide that I'm going to play this deck and this is what I want my opponent to be every single round. Uh, a lot of people would say I want to play Soul Sisters versus Burn and mm-hmm. that would actually be a horrible idea because I think Burn has like 
I mean, this is like splitting hairs, but like 55 or 60% in terms of the edge versus Soul Sisters. I, I actually have a winning record versus Soul Sisters playing Burn. Um, so do I. You do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're dealing with very large sample sets here. Um, yeah. But it's it's interesting. Like, as long as they don't just get like a really quick uh, martyr of Sans off, it, it's kind of slow. Yeah. Now, uh, I definitely did go against what you think one of the major uh, points of playing Burn is. I definitely went against it and, and hit their creatures a couple times. Um, you know, I definitely burned a couple of their creatures. Now, if, you know, if Searing Blaze helps that because it still keeps you on your plan. But I definitely... I've shot a bolt or two at a couple uh, of their life gain creatures because I figured it was the same as discarding a card or losing a card if they are actually to start getting that stuff online. Yeah, it just depends where you are, what kind of clock you have, and wh- how much life they have left. Right, right. Or you could look at your hand and just see uh, how much damage am I going to be able to do over the next turn or two versus how much they're going to be able to gain off that. And like, you know, whether he just net it out to like, whether it's worth the card or not, man. And double, uh, double, uh, whatever the main one drop that gains them life is. Oh, whenever a creature enters the battlefield. Yeah. That, that whole thing. Uh, like let's, let's say soul's attendant. Cause for some reason, that's the one soul warden. Yeah. Double, double soul warden. Plus, uh, Johnny's pride mate plus, uh, um, oh God, three spirits, three dudes, seriously. Mm. What's it called? Spectral procession. Plus spectral procession. Spectral procession. That is an awesome little four card combo or whatever. Like, that's just really ridiculous. I had that happen. I was like, oh, you gain six and your thing is an eight, eight. Cool. Let's go to the next game. <laughs> I was just like, wow, that's great. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So anyway, I got to play it once, uh, just messing with a list. And uh, now I've got a better idea kind of what I want in the deck. Um, but I, what I really want to talk about mainly are like, card choices for the deck because Mm -hmm. you know there are a lot of different builds of burn some are great some are very bad um and i just kind of wanted to like pick steven's brain on like the choices um because i am i'm i'm you know trying out a couple different lists before i settle on one for oklahoma city um so the first the first choice that I wanted to uh, talk to you about. And this is one, like, I don't want to rehash too much of what I read on Modern Nexus because I don't want to just be copying their article, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was one that a lot of people in the comments especially disagreed on. Um, so the the argument between Atarka's Command or Skullcrack. So, quick answer, what is your opinion? God, I actually don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, I've been testing the Atarka's Command build lately, although yeah. I've played probably the Skullcrack version more just because it's been around for longer. Um, I mean, they each have their points. Gosh, that is so hard. It's tough, yeah. I mean, it is a tough call. Like, if you have a lot of creatures in your opening hand, 
it makes a Tarkus command really good. But like, if you're running Skullcrack and not a Tarkus command, it's irrelevant. You know, like, but also if you have a Tarkus command in your hand and like four other burn spells, all of a sudden it's just Skullcrack, and it's like, well, why am I searching up another Painland? Mm-hmm. You know, another Shockland when I could just be searching up a basic mountain and playing Skullcrack. Um, you know, so there's definitely that argument. Now, I want to kind of just skip around here real quick. Um, so right now, just for the record, right now, uh, this week, I'm testing for Skullcrack Noah Tarka's Command. Okay. Um, I did it the other way around last week, and I wasn't super thrilled about it. Because you obviously want to run the stomping ground, you obviously yep. need the destructive revelries in the sideboard, and you obviously need four of them or more, but you can't run more, so you need four. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, the thing I would recommend, and the thing I should probably do when I test the Atarkas Command version some more, is just, like, keep in mind how many games I'm losing where I shocked myself and I could have lived an extra turn to get, like, an extra draw step. I, right. I feel like that actually is fairly relevant, and if it's the case, then making... Because Atarkas Command is only superior to Skull Crack when you have really good draws already. Yeah. So like when you have like a turn one and turn two creature or something crazy like that, like you're already pretty favored as, as the burn player. Right. So right. Your, your best draws are the ones with creatures, obviously. And so those, I don't really think those draws need as much help as you need to make your bad draws where you like, it's like a longer, more drawn out game where they're beating you down and you're, you know, you're counting how much life you have and, and what your outs are in terms of drawing. And not having a Tarkus Command main deck would likely help you in a few edge cases where you don't have good draws and you need to live one more turn, but you instead had to fetch Sacred Foundry, fetch uh, Stomping Ground because right. you're running main deck a Tarkus Command. Right. Um, I, I can see both points. Um, you can do. I've I've had games where I've won because I had like double Monastery Swift Spear. And I had Lightning Bolt plus a Tarkus Command, and they just died from, like, like 12. And they just tapped out, and they thought they were okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, and so, it like, gosh, it'd be even more than that, wouldn't it? <laughs> right, but, yeah, but I get the point, though. You know, like... That'd be 14. <laughs> yeah, right. so, yeah, they're, like, they, they tap out, and they think, well, I mean, two cards in hand, there's no way I'm dying. And then... So, it makes... It makes it's a, it's a two-card combo, essentially, with Mon- Monastery Swiss Spear. Right. But, yeah, I, I'm not sure how many games. I can only think of, like, one or two games. It's one. <laughs> and I can think of several games where I've lost where it's like, God, I just need one more draw. <laughs> right, right. Um, now, uh, here's a question, just, like I said, skipping around a little bit. Um, if a Tarka's command, right? Yeah. Why not Young Pyromancer? Because Young Pyromancer and a Tarka's Command seem to play really well together. I know typically Young Pyromancer is reserved for, like, the blue-red Delver lists or, like, you know, I guess, like, Pyromancer's Ascension lists or whatever. But, like, and and I don't know, like, what you would cut for a Young Pyromancer in the deck. Like, Eidolon, but that just feels so wrong. But then again, like, Eidolon's a tricky card to, to play correctly. Um... So, so like, so I it's just one of those things I've been thinking about lately is, wow, Atarka's command, if you are trying to just go wide and then maximize your Atarka's commands, having Young Pyromancer 
to uh, help that would be would be awesome. Um, but obviously, I think approximately zero percent of burn decks in modern run young pyromancer. So why is that? It's too slow. Is it just too slow? Yeah, the you really want your creatures to be able to do damage either immediately or guaranteed. Right. So with Goblin Guide and Monastery Swift Spear, Monastery? Monastery Swift Spear. You got it, you got it, you got it. Oh, nice. Nailed it. They have haste, so they can get in, they can get their damage in immediately. Right. Uh, Idol of the Great Revel, uh, they they get in and there's almost no removal spell played in Modern other than Murderous Cut, I guess, that wouldn't trigger it. So it gets you a guaranteed two points of damage. Right. Uh, if you tap out for a young pyromancer and they just lightning bolt it, that is just a disaster for the burn deck. Yeah. No, it's true. It's very true. Um, and okay, so that that was just just something I was thinking about. Um, so now, uh, kind of going along the same uh, train of thought about doing too much damage to yourself from your lands. Um, the next question is. Uh, Dragon's Claw or Core Firewalker? So, short answer. Well, Core Firewalker. Okay. And why? Well, if you're already going down the like the path where you're running like a crazy damaging mana base, and yes. I'm talking like less than four mountains. Right. And like, you know, I don't know, 12 or 15 uh, fetch lands. <laughs> um then it's castable uh for core firewalker it blocks all their creatures uh so long as they don't have skull crack up then then you're really sad um and it clocks them and it's just it's just a better card for what you want to do uh dragon's claw will slow them down slightly but like if you draw two of those two lands and a like, I don't know, like a Goblin Guide? Well, I guess two Dragon's Claws would be pretty sweet. There's not, like, because then you're preventing almost all the damage that, like, a lot of other cards do. Mm-hmm. But if they get down a creature, then you're just screwed. But if they get down a creature versus a core Firewalker, you can just block it. Right. It's true. Um, so, honestly, right now, so last week, my plan was I had three core Firewalker on the sideboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week I'm running three dragons claw and, um, the reason why is because if you look at the current burn lists in modern, uh, I think that the secrets out and like, they're all running minimum two path to exile out of the sideboard. Um, and they're almost all bringing it in versus the mirror to deal with core firewalker. And so, you know, I played a core firewalker. It immediately got path. And, and I was like, okay, you know, that makes sense. Um, but like, whereas Dragon's Claw, I'm not so sure you bring in, um, Revelry versus Burn. In no, the mirror. no. So, not. so, so I feel like you're really kind of getting a leg up there because I've also got Path to Exile in my sideboard. So I'm, you know, bringing in Dragon's Claw, Path to Exile versus them. And I'm able to deal with their Firewalkers while sticking my own Dragon's Claws that they can't answer. So I think that that's, to me, that feels like a better plan. Um, and I, it's so weird 
to think think I wasn't impressed by Core Firewalker because the last time I played Core Firewalker and Burn, it felt amazing. Well, the only problem with the Dragon's Claw plan is if you don't have removal and they just get like a like a goblin guide out. You're playing a burn deck. If you if <laughs> you true. if you need removal, you have like 28 removal spells in your deck. Like if you absolutely need to kill a goblin guide, you've got, you know, dozens of ways to do that. Like I've got no problem with that. Um what I've got a problem with is playing my core firewalker. Now here's the other problem I have with core firewalker is that you know, I'm playing Core Firewalker to gain life. Mm-hmm. How did I just spend six damage to play a card that's going to gain me, what, three, four life? Like, what am I doing dealing that much damage to myself to play the thing? Like, it just feels silly. Like, I, 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 like if I'm playing against another burn deck, I want to go, you know, turn one, fetch land, mountain goblin guide you know mm-hmm. or and then turn to fetch land probably sacred foundry but probably not a second shock land like i don't think i want to do that and then the rest of the game i want to be like you know mountain mountain hopefully they're dead you know like i i don't, I don't feel like i want to actually be spending all the points of life just to cast a core firewalker when the idea of casting a core firewalker is to gain life like, I've spent so much life casting the thing. It's like it could have been a dragon's claw. And it could have, like, I could have not taken all this damage off my lands. Now, of course, this deck, you're going to take damage off your lands. I understand that, you know? But, like, when you're playing, like, the decks you would bring in Core Firewalker against, you pretty much want to minimize the amount of damage you're taking off your lands in those matchups. So it really doesn't make sense to me to bring in Core Firewalker when you're trying to minimize the damage you take off your lands, if the only way to play it is either play a land tapped, which you don't want to do that ever, um, unless it's like super late game, or, you know, just play a Dragon's Claw. So, I mean, or, or you take six damage, you know? I don't know. So, I, it, uh, to, I, think t- I think taking like six early damage to cast something that if it goes unanswered and there's only like you know two sideboard cards that can do it but they always have it <laughs> they always have it true uh maybe it's worth it <laughs> like you'll win the know. game you'll win the game if you cast a turn to firewalker and they don't have a path to exile you will win the game but i think you'll win the game if you cast a dragon's claw and they've boarded in path to exile and they have it in their hand possibly you know what I mean? Like, well, because that, they boarded in, in a dead card. In that scenario, yes. But I've, I've, I've beaten Dragon's Claws. Okay. It's sure. I, no, I, and, I and have I, not beaten a, a core Firewalker where I didn't have a Path to Exile. Okay. Well, you know, uh, considering that the plan for me is to have a Path to Exile, you just draw it. That is a strategy. And, uh, and also Dragon's Claw. I just want to give this a shot. So that's what I'm trying this weekend is I'm trying Dragon's Claw. Um, it was core Firewalker previously. Maybe a mix of the two is okay. I don't know. Um, keep I, them guessing. I, I, I hate the like to stoop so low as to bring in a path to exile. So I'm only running one in my sideboard. Okay. And I just hope to <laughs> dodge the hate. Right. Or that they don't draw the the firewalker. 
No, they always have it. Um, <laughs> so then I guess my next question was Path to Exile or Searing Blood, but I think that's kind of two different things altogether. I was just asking about these cards because, like, Path to Exile is in my 75. It's in my sideboard. Uh, Searing Blood hasn't made my 75 right now. And I think really the question is probably more Searing Blood or Searing Blaze because we get why Path to Exile's there. You know, so um, also doesn't hurt to have Path to Exile against that. Uh, it's just very corner case, but against the Soul Sisters card that has protection from white or from red and black that does the same thing as Soul Warden. But I didn't even know that card existed until Wednesday. <laughs> so it's not and, a super played card right now. No, yeah, not yeah. really. But but it's a corner case and it's a nice thing to have just in case. Um so then, uh, Searing Blood versus Searing Blaze. So, I mean, obviously, I think Searing Blaze is the clear winner as far as main deck goes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've got three of those in my main deck. I have no Searing Blood. Uh, but do you think that Searing Blood has a place in the 75? I think, uh, n- yes. So right now, I'm running four Searing Blazes main deck. Nice. Uh, just because... Now, now, why do you run that many? Well, there's just a lot of times where you want to kill their creatures. And you don't want to spend a card doing it because that's how you win. You, you use a certain number of cards to get their life total to zero. And when you start using burn spells on their creatures, it gets it gets just progressively harder to ever win the game. Right. So Searing Blaze lets you have your cake and eat it too by... You know, hitting them for three and getting rid of that creature. But are there a lot? Are there any decks that are creatureless right now? Well, there's a there's a few, and those are already like just so just monumentally bad matchups. That doesn't matter. Okay. Like, well, I guess storms. Storms is not an unwinnable matchup if you have an idol on. <laughs> right. Um, right. Gorio's Vengeance doesn't have any, but you're not going to win if they have it on turn two or turn three. Mm-hmm. Um, Lan- uh, Amulet does have creatures. They do have the Azusa. They do have Primeval Titan, I guess, if you need, you know, if you ever need to target it. But you're probably about to lose the game if they cast that. Um, right, right. Even Tron has some creatures. There's there's right. very few, and especially amongst the most played decks right now, there's very few. Uh, matchups where it's just totally dead or not a good card. Right on. And I do run two Searing Blood currently in the sideboard. And that might go down. That just depends on what you think the metagame is. If there's a lot of, like, um, company decks or whatever that are running, like, mana creatures, then it's amazing. If there's elf decks, then it's amazing. It's amazing versus merfolk. Um, It's... Yeah, it just depends. It depends on what you think you expect to play, you know. It's something to bring in Versus, you know, creature decks, and especially creature decks with, you know, toughness two or less. Cool. Um, so the next question is uh, Shard Volley or Thunderous Wrath? <laughs> and I know I'm digging deep here, but this is what I do. I dig deep, man. Um, so Shard Volley, uh, I think, is is seeing more and more play, uh, at least as a one-of. Some decks are running two. Um and Thunderous Wrath is seeing almost no play in Modern. Um, I'm currently... So I try, I tested Thunderous Wrath 
as a two of, basically in place of the two shard volleys on Wednesday, and it was terrible. Horrible. <laughs> One of the worst decisions I've ever made in deck building. Um, but that's, I think, I mean, that has a lot to do with the, the number, I think. You know, running two is way too many for something like that. Um, there's a lot of people who think the same way about shard volley. Um, so actually, right now, um, my list that I'm testing is running one shard volley and one thunderous wrath because I'm not done putting the card through the ringer. Um, I've, I wanted to run three when I tested last week just to really test the card. You know what I mean? Like, you don't get to test it too much if you don't draw it enough. You know, but the problem was with two, I drew them in my opening hand more often than I miracled them. Uh, so, yeah, so, so that's bad. and that is the worst thing about um, Thunderous Wrath is just how bad it is in your opening hand. I mean, it's virtually an auto mulligan. You will never cast this card for full value. So, so it sucks. Um, but, but anyway, um. I'm down to one, so I'm going to try it. I think it's a really, you know, it's a, it's a lot of damage for one mana. Um, do you just think that the risk just outweighs the reward for it? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, I mean, Burn's already a deck that doesn't mulligan especially well. Right. Because you just need a certain critical mass of cards. Right. And so that's why you run, like, a very low land count. And so this is just adding spells that basically count as additional lands in your hand if you draw them. And so it's like, yeah, just, I think it's uh, – the risk is too much. Right. I mean, I look at it right now. I'm looking at this. You know, you have about – you have a slightly better than 10% chance for it to be in your opening hand, which isn't that high. That's still bad one. over the course of a tournament. And over the course of a tournament, it might be pretty bad. Uh, and then it actually gets worse if you're on the draw. Hmm. Because you have that first draw step with no land. <laughs> so you actually draw eight cards before, you know what I mean? And that could be very bad. Well, that's okay. Just run four Simeon Spirit Guide. <laughs> yeah, now you're making a really good deck. <laughs> um, but uh, what do you think about Shard Volley? I like it a lot less than other people. I know at the Pro Tour when a lot of people were playing Burn, it was a two of. Okay. And I'm at one right now, and it's like one of the first cards I side out. Okay, yeah. Uh, but that's just because I guess I'm just more risk averse when it comes to magic. Mm -hmm. And I just it the deck I'm running is already at 19 lands. Right, right. And that just seems really tough. I feel like I feel like uh, a lot of the lists that I saw with two was were also running 20 lands. So I mean, I'm not sure how accurate that was but i feel like the decks where i paid attention to the land count that had two shard volleys pretty much all had 20 um so so i can tell i can see that but you but you are but you haven't cut it you're running a one of yeah just a one of okay so you're at least you at least like it enough to to play it um okay cool and, I, and I, like i said i'm running one and one i'm gonna keep testing this thunderous wrath I'm almost certain it gets cut, but uh, we don't need to worry about that on Wednesday nights. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not worried about that. Uh, so, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather lose matches and test cards um, than go in there thinking I'm going to win the tournament and be stubborn. 
Um, okay, so now, uh, sideboard, um, four destructive revelry is pretty much a, a, a given. Um, now, I actually feel like I want additional artifact hate in my sideboard, in addition to the four destructive revelries. Maybe as a one of, maybe as a two of. Um, so the question then comes, do you go with uh, extra smash to smithereens? Or do you run shattering spree, as I've seen in a couple mono red sideboards? Um, or you do you just go really hardcore and throw a shatter storm in your deck? <laughs> no. And, uh, and, no. And, and hope to just draw it late. That's, and, and... <laughs> that's, I can't think of a worse game plan versus Affinity. Now, if you so, want extra enchantment hate, there's Aura Barbs. Oh, God. What does that even do? I forgot about that card. Well, it's uh, two in red for an instant arcane, and each enchantment deals two damage to its controller. Then each enchantment enchanting a creature deals two damage to the creature it's enchanting. God, why would you ever run that? Well, what would that be good again? If everyone's running Boggles or something crazy like that. Oh my god, that's funny. Or that uh, Pillow Fort deck. <laughs> wow. Wow, Aura Barbs. I forgot about that card. Um, but okay, well then, well, I mean, obviously Shatterstorm was a far-fetched idea. Yes, don't do I didn't that. Act- I didn't actually think that would work. Um, but uh, So then Shattering Spree or Smash to Smithereens. Uh, well, it, the deck used to run... Destructive Revelry and one or two Smash the Smithereens. Yeah. But that's when people played more Affinity. But I feel like we're seeing a lot of Affinity lately. Yeah, me too. And so there's a problem. Like everyone basically has been cutting Affinity Hate, which is usually really good for Affinity. But then like one of the most popular decks right now, or two of the most popular decks, because Jun's back. But I think the most popular deck right now is Grixis, either Grixis Delver or Grixis Control. Yeah. And they both run, like, anywhere from two to four um, Kologon's commands. And okay. so now two of the most popular decks where normally the benefit of playing Affinity is that you have, like, the best game one of, like, any deck in Magic almost. Yeah, yeah. But now there's, like, the most popular deck is running, like, main deck artifact destruction, which is just brutal. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know where I am uh, in terms of determining if artifacts are very well positioned right now. I don't think they are. Affinity, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were to run additional hate in your sideboard, I, I, I would recommend, and this is this goes for any sideboard card, uh, Smash the Smithereens, just because it actually... Helps your plan. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, so then the last question I thought, I, I, it was more for your entertainment, but uh, uh, choke or not choke? <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna have to go with not choke, despite my affinity for choke. Yeah, um, I've seen some of the burn lists running choke in their sideboard, and I was like, that just seems it's like a three mana enchantment. Like, yeah. Like, like you really want to run a three mana enchantment that deals zero damage? But I, I know you love the card, so that's why I wanted to know, like, you know choke here or you know just choke somewhere but not here yeah no choke please okay i yeah just <laughs> i i'm not a fan of a, like almost any sideboard card in burn that doesn't deal damage to your opponent right which is right. also why i like 
uh, core Firewalker because it can at least swing for two. Okay, so those are all my this or that. Uh, now I've got kind of a why not this sure. list as well. Um, so uh, why not Wild Nacoddle? Now I know there, there are some burn decks that have kind of expanded into more of a uh, Naya Zoo burn kind of list that run like Nacoddle and Tarmogoyf. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that like, you know, taking the deck in more of a Naya Zoo direction uh, is at least intriguing. Um, so uh, why do you think that Wild Nacoddle would not be good in this deck? Um, it's big enough and it's an early clock and it helps because I can see the logic. The logic being the best draws in burn are the ones where you have a turn one creature. Right. And being able to go up to 12 relevant turn one creatures is attractive. But I haven't tested it, so maybe maybe it gets the job done. But uh, it, it also plays into – so first, it can just come down on – you know, turn one, especially if you're on the draw, they can just untap and searing blaze it or do whatever they want, and then you're just behind. Right. And you kind of just mulligan a little bit, and you're you're one card further away from getting them to zero, which is not what you want to be doing with uh, with burn. And then it also plays into the downside of running a deck that's running four main deck Atarkas command, because uh-huh. now 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 you, you got fe- you have to fetch that on turn one. Turn one, right. And you have to be able to fetch it on turn one uh, consistently. So you're, you're, you're dealing yourself a lot of damage with your mana base now. Uh, just as much as you would running the Tarkus command in traditional burn. So I haven't tested it yet, and I, I might. I don't know if I will. Um, but I can see the attraction of it, and it's worth testing. But right now, from I, I'm assuming it's not worth it. Okay. Cool. Um yeah, I just seen a couple of lists that seemed interesting, but I don't think that's the direction I would want to go, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, it was it was interesting to me. Um, so then next one, uh, why not Stony Silence? Um, so um, consideration uh, would be that it could shut off certain builds of affinity entirely, and it could be an easy sideboard swap uh, in terms of mana cost in in the affinity matchup for Eidolon of the Great Rebel. So you just you know you can just swap them out clean and um, not mess up your curve or whatever. And you know I already wrote an answer to this. The main problem I see is that you already want four revelry no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, so that so then like adding something like stony silence the sideboard doesn't seem as productive um because you don't want to waste any more slots on that um and you know actually the other uh reason why i want to add more artifact uh removal is uh the lantern control deck i actually haven't found that deck to be too bad like yeah but it's just versus burn sure but like smash smithereens against it is still fine you know what i oh, mean sure like, yeah and actually, you know what? I didn't even think about it, but Stony Silence versus that deck totally shuts that deck off, doesn't it? Uh, Although they, they do have a lot of um, hand destruction in like the main deck of that deck. I've never played against that deck before, but uh, they have a lot of hand destruction main deck. Um, and sideboard, I think they even have more. So I can see them being able to uh, just get rid of your Stony Silence and proceed. Yeah, I had one 
I, I've played against it twice, I think, and both times I was just lucky to always have like a turn one or two creature. Uh-huh. And so they just were consistently in the single digits in terms of life by the time they dropped an ensnaring bridge. And so yeah. you could just burn them out. Right, right. Um, so then the next question is, uh, why not? And this is a long list. Oh, oh, why... hey, hey. I oh. also I also have more. I'm going to get back on my soapbox on uh, Stony Silence. Yes. Uh, because it's very similar to Choke and uh, Shatterstorm. And it's uh, – I, I just stop trying to turn your burn deck into a crappy control deck. You're a combo deck, and you're, you're bringing in non-combo pieces when you're bringing in cards that don't deal damage to your opponent. Right. I know you've said that a lot of times mm-hmm. uh, about this deck. So I definitely definitely get that, and you've definitely driven that home for me at least, is to try to maximize the damage your deck is doing. Um even with your sideboard cards. Um, your cards aren't very good. You don't want a game going long. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Quick before they find out. Um, <laughs> kill them before they find out your deck isn't good. Yeah. Um, top, top deck Monastery Swift Spear into like a like a board presence doesn't... You're not winning that game. Yeah, not really. Um, <clears throat> so then why not uh, Spark Elemental, Hellspark Elemental, Keldon Marauders... Ball Lightning, or Vexing Devil. Now, consideration for those is that all creatures, they're all creatures that were considered good enough for previous versions of Modern Burn, and even, in some cases, were good enough for Legacy Burn. How come these cards aren't making the cut here? Uh, so, I'm going to separate Vexing Devil from the rest of those. Okay. Because I don't think that was ever in any good burn decks. <laughs> okay. Um, it's just, it's the same kind of trap card that I think we've probably discussed previously. Yes. Um, like Browbeat, that kind of card where... Choices. Yeah, and you're giving your opponent the choices. You're giving your opponent like a charm card where you get the worst op- option and they get to choose it. Right, right. And it just doesn't work. <laughs> um, a Vexing Devil just does nothing versus Jund in the late game where they've got, like, multiple Tarmogoyfs. Mm-hmm. Because then they just get to choose to give you a creature they can easily deal with. Right. Um, so just I would put Vexing Devil aside and just, just forget about that card. Right on. Um, I've played Burn with Keldon Marauders, even in Legacy. <laughs> yeah, so did I. Um, and I've played the modern version which I thought was really cool with Hellspark Elemental because I'd, you know, I'd have my Eidolon out and then I would unearth the Hellspark Elemental and they'd be like, well, don't you take two? No, no, you do not. That's an activated ability. You're not casting a spell. Um, <laughs> and so I thought that was really cool. But I th- That also gets around counter magic, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. They can't counter it. I've, I've played on Modo where they're like trying to respond Clearly, like you can see, like <laughs> it's just either like uh, this isn't working for some reason. Um, so that that's also really cool. But I think what happened is they basically printed Monastery Swift Spear, mm-hmm. and that just ends up being better in more games. There's several where I thought like I would rather like in the mirror match, like I would rather have a Keldon Marauders <clears throat> than a Eidolon, huh? Just because I can like just block with impunity. And right. it'll get the damage in. Um, I, I, don't, I, I just don't think those creatures are better than Monastery Swift Spear because, again, previously your best draw was turn one Goblin Guide. And now, 
you have more chances to get that kind of a draw. And you, right. you don't get that with Hellspark Elemental or um, uh, what's the other one? Spark Elemental? S- Spark, no, Spark Elemental I don't like because it's not a repeatable source of damage, even though it's a creature. Right. So it has all the downsides of being a creature, but it's not repeatable. Right, right. And so it's basically like an inferior um, – God, I don't even know. The, the Arcane spell – like from Kamigawa. Could you now? Could you? Oh no, because it would just die at the end of the next turn. Never mind. <laughs> I don't even want to um, know where you're going with that. Uh, I was like, could you daze undoing with a health with a spark elemental on the battlefield and not lose it? Lava spike. That's what I'm thinking of. It's a really yes, bad lava spike. It is. It is a bad lava spike. You're right. I guess it can't get spell pierced, so it's got that going for it. Uh, right. But yeah, I I think. And Lava Spike is already, like, not the best card in your deck. It's just there because you would run a deck full of them. <laughs> right, right. But uh, this was one that get, that's significantly worse because it gets worse the longer the game goes on because eventually they'll just have, like, a Tarmogoyf to block with or a Gurmag Angler or whatever. Anything, yeah. yeah. Uh, so no on that. Um, are, are you on the plan of one or two Lava Mancers? Yes, I have got two. Okay. I think those are decent versus, like, creature decks. Yeah. No, I think so, too. They're kind of a necessary evil. They violate the, the rule where you want your creatures to either get in damage immediately or guaranteed in the form of Eidolon. Just because it helps you so much in matchups where you normally would be a dog that where they have a, a bunch of creatures. Um, but, yeah, I think Monastery Swift Spear just kind of invalidated. Um, All those. Mental. Yeah. Yeah. I like Keldon Marauders. Um, I've always liked that card a lot. Keldon does get into guaranteed damage. It's kind of like an Eidolon where they spend a lightning bolt to kill it. Right. Except it's slightly bigger. So that might right. that might be something I, I don't know because I, I still think Eidolon is just so good. <laughs> right. It's such a tricky card, though. It's just so hard to play or play correctly. That is because, true. <laughs> you know, because like... <laughs> the best case scenario is you play it and they use a removal spell on it. <laughs> the worst case scenario is that it lives and then you have to play spells. <laughs> you know, because I always I always feel like I take more damage off of my own Eidolons <laughs> than, than anyone. That's not the worst, because you could always just block with it. Because how else are they killing you? Right. They're not... They're not casting spells that cost three or less and they're not attacking on the ground right right so well i mean maybe that's maybe you're doing something else and maybe that's why it's doing a lot of damage to you but it's pretty good in almost all circumstances uh there's there, with a few exceptions there's a few decks where it's just not good right um affinity uh yeah affinity where they can like just dump their hand and you're sitting there and it's a liability and they they also have several flyers I imagine it's bad versus uh, Merfolk. That's come up a few times. Yeah, because they have Vile. Yeah. <laughs> they can just Vile. And, yeah, yeah, you feel real dumb when that happens. Yeah, I can see that. Wow. And I'm glad we discussed that. Because <laughs> I, I feel like it's one I would have kept in. I'm like, oh, their creatures cost two. It's going to deal so much damage. <laughs> 
And then they're like, violin this. I'm like, you take no damage. Oh, man. Yeah, now they have – yeah, that's the worst feeling. And they also feel like – it feels bad because your opponent feels amazing. <laughs> Because they're just looking at you, like, because they got, they have you locked out with your own card, and yeah. nothing feels better than that. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, uh, moving on here. Uh, why not? Now, I'm not talking about more than like a one of on the first card, but why not reforge the soul or days undoing? Now, days undoing. Um, Obviously, would take you into an entirely different deck because you'd be splashing blue at that point. Um, and reforge the soul. I actually almost tested as a one of when I was testing, um, but then ultimately cut it for stuff that dealt damage. Mm -hmm. um, but but it seems as though it could be a very interesting and cheap way to refill your hand if you're able to miracle it. I don't like the. And people suggest this from time to time where it's like, well, why don't you put a bunch of like different like, you know, Treasure Cruise was the most ex excusable of the ones people were trying um, just because you could play it for one mana and you had a whole bunch of fetch lands and it kind of worked together. But right. those cards are only good in situations where like you run out of gas, but they're not dead yet. But then <laughs> you have time to draw more cards. Right. It's just like that that doesn't happen very often. They're usually right. killing you in that circumstance. It's, it's it's not it's never very, it's not very often where burn is just sitting there and you run out of cards and they somehow have no cards and no board presence. Like they're not killing you. So like you know, you're just sitting there with infinite amount of time. <laughs> and you're just right. like, well, if only I could just draw three more cards. Um I would say no on that on those plans. You know, I I won't say I'll never say don't test something. Right. But I don't like the plan. Sure, sure. Yeah, and like I said, I didn't even make it into my first my first test. You know what I mean? Like, But I was just curious if you had had an opinion on it. Um, now, uh, Molten Vortex. Okay. So, you know, here's a card. Here's a new card. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, if the game were to go long, this card could, you know, be a big difference maker and i think as like you know i'm not saying it's more than like a one of same as like a shard volley because you just don't have the luxury of having cards that are good in x percent of cases where x is not like a very high number with molten vortex uh it's it's not good if you just draw two two land cards and then don't draw more land cards Although then I guess you're just drawing gas and you win that anyway. But I don't know. I don't know where you break up your curve to, to play a Molten Vortex. Like, that doesn't feel like a very good investment. The problem with Burn is that its cards aren't good. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't want to, like, transition into the late game with almost any card in the deck. The reason that the deck works is that they're, it's a very flat power level. And it's all good in the early game because that's when you want to end the game. Right. <laughs> like, turns right. three and four. Uh, probably turn four. Um, and Molten Vortex plays into some sort of game plan where you have excess lands. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. You, yeah, you probably don't have those. And then you're already using a card that could have been a burn spell itself right. to give you, you flood picked... insurance. It's just not... 
Right. Okay. I, yeah. I do want to mention one card because it's probably not going to get mentioned again. When you when you mentioned Reforge the Soul, I yeah. thought you were talking about Pulse of the Forge for a second. Oh no, no. Okay. I think that card's actually like <laughs> there's a world where that might be a reasonable sideboard card or main deck card. Which one? Uh, Pulse of the Forge. It's right. Yeah, the one red red instant. And it deals four damage to target player. And if that player has more life than you, you return it to your hand. Yeah, I think I actually, when I first built Burn, um, I ran that as a one of. Nice. Um, I actually think I got it from you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was one I actually got from you. You were like, yeah, run this. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the heart to tell you. I ran out of cards because I think we were both playing Burn. Yeah, <laughs> and so I was like divvying them out. I'm like, oh, I thought I had two copies of this deck, but uh, here's some other cards. <laughs> um, so uh, okay. So speaking of three mana spells that cost four, the next question is why not Exquisite Firecraft? And uh, the consideration on that one is, I mean, personally, I don't get it, but I keep seeing it popping up in uh, modern seventy fives. Like, it's actually showing up. The couple were in main deck, couple sideboard. Uh, it's showing up in modern. What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I guess you could sideboard it in versus Grixis, where they're clearly holding up, like, a cryptic command or something like that, and you get them because you have your spell mastery and they can't counter it. <laughs> I haven't tested it, and I'm not saying it's not worth testing. Almost nothing is not worth testing testing I get, I get what you're saying yeah i i because I, I don't um <laughs> i just don't see uh three converted mana cost sorcery that's still just dealing four being good enough i'd rather yeah. run flames of the blood hand it's just better in more situations and it gives you more options because it's an instant that's true yeah uh and that card just isn't being played anymore because of skull crack and atarka's command yeah that's the, so it's like yeah, yeah. That's the other thing, and you're not running a lot of lands, so uh, three is kind of a big ask. Like the only three mana card I'm running in my sideboard is the molten rains, three of them, and then. So you're really running that many molten rains sideboard. Uh, that should probably be adjusted because the last time I played burn, Tron and Amulet were everywhere. Okay. Um, you can you can knock that down, although it's pretty good against Jund. And um, I was, I'm actually running one Volcanic Fallout as well. Hmm. That, that also could be changed. That was also when there were elves everywhere. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, good for, it's good versus a lot of decks that you're normally not like, amazing against. Like it's, it is good versus Soul Sisters. It's good versus elves. It's good versus Affinity. It's good versus some of the Abzan Company decks. I wouldn't side in versus them. Um, I think it's good versus Merfolk, although it's pretty easy for Merfolk to get their creatures to like a toughness three or higher. Eh, that's all I can think of. Tokens, which is a bad matchup, but it's amazing against tokens, but no one's playing tokens. It's also uncounterable. I've actually, for the time being, cut my Molten Reigns altogether from my sideboard. That might not be the worst decision. It's It's only really good on the draw, because like especially versus like Jund or something like that. Uh, where they're not running mana creatures, you get to three first, and then right. you uh, you hit one of their lands, and then now you delay the turn that you have to hold up 
uh, a Tarkus Commander Skullcrack versus their Kitchen Finks okay, yeah. by another turn. So that's always good. And, and whenever people were running, uh, whenever Abzan was everywhere and everyone was running um, uh, timely reinforcements, it was it was great for setting up the same type of play where you're on the play, your turn three, you blow up their land, then they have to replay their second land again, and then you're just keeping them off of their spells that like kind of break the game open for them. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then also, uh, I think another reason why I've cut the Molten Reigns is because I'm running Deflecting Palm in my sideboard. Mm-hmm. And um, Deflecting Palm just feels like, again, Molten Rain, you're not going to stop Tron from getting its lands. Tron's going to get all three pieces. That's just what happens. But what you can do is you can deflecting palm their worm coil engine when they play it and then try to swing. You can deal six to them. That's probably going to kill them. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm more of the plan of let them do it. <laughs> let them have it and then kill them with it. Mm. That's, kind, that's kind of where my head is at um, against that deck. Now, if it's Karn, it's a different story. Yeah, that's what I worry about. Yeah, it is. It's a different story. But, uh... Yeah, Karn or Ugin, and you're just like, oh. Right. Um, Although, I think Tron's a great matchup for Burn anyway, so... I think so, too. And I also think... I mean, also, you've got... I mean, I think you actually board Indestructive Revelry against them as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and Path to Exile. No, uh, I don't do that. Yeah, you do. No. Yeah, you do. Because you hit that Worm Coil, man. It's good. It's and... a good thing. <laughs> you, you just win. Just win before it can swing. Yeah, that too. Um, or or just have uh, Skullcracker or Tarkus Command up. All right, just do it. Just have no. a card that like kills them and gets you an extra turn. Like you're not trying to like have this thing go on for seven or eight turns. Nah, versus, versus not. Tron. Uh, probably not. And so that's where that's where the um, molten rain comes in. But deflecting palm also is pretty good against the primeval titan of double strike. That's um, although it only hits the one strike, not both strikes. Um, it was pretty good against Primeval Titan. It's pretty good. It's really good against Infect. Yeah. Because they go, I put all this in this creature, and you go, yeah, Deflecting Palm, you die. Like, oh, great. <laughs> um, that's another one where it's almost like just let them have it. <laughs> let them have all. Let them have their creature. Let them let them use all of their pump spells, and then you deflecting palm because deflecting palm doesn't even target. Nope. So it gets around vines of vastwood. Uh, it gets around um, anything because it says choose target creature defending player controls, right? Yep, it's real good versus boggles. Yeah, yeah, that too. So yeah, so it's definitely a really good card. Um, it's one that I'm really happy about in the sideboard. Now, uh, would you say that the... Oh, and don't forget about anything with a cranial plating attached to it. Yeah. Let's not, let's not exclude that. So we've named so many good things in so many good decks. Why don't we run this card main deck? Um, well, because in my opinion, the most popular deck right now is... Um, Grixis Control. 
and there's not a ton of good targets there. No. And John, there's not a great number of targets. Maybe a really big Tarmogoyf, but that's not a good game where <laughs> they have like a, a five-power Tarmogoyf. There's just too many decks where it doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah. So I I only run one in the sideboard, and there's I haven't really brought it in that often. Really? Yeah, it's good versus uh, Affinity, because if they try to combo you out with the... Ravager. Ravager. It's good for that. Although, I guess, like, any burn spell would be as well, because when they, like, sack to move all the counters onto some O2, you just burn it anyway. Yeah. So you could just yeah, searing blood it. Right, right. Uh, or, you know, destructive revelry or whatever. Right. Or path, I guess, if you wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Path's good against affinity. Yeah, it's okay. They don't always have the land, but most of them do nowadays. At least one. Uh, I don't know if I like Path, actually. I do. I really like it. I like it mostly. I think it winds up coming in more often than uh, than it sh- than it should. Mm-hmm. But it's in there for Core Firewalker. You know, that's that's why it exists in the sideboard. But then, incidentally, it's probably just going to be better than certain cards in certain matchups because there. I mean, there are some matchups where you do want to hit their creatures and getting rid of a couple cards that just go to the face sometimes is a good thing yeah i just try to play around it <laughs> yeah I, I i it just feels like a lot it feels like a loss to bring in a card that like explicitly does not do damage but you know sometimes you gotta it, but if it's hitting a core firewalker it's actually doing damage it is preventing you from losing a game right so there's that. Um, so now, why not Abbot of Carol Keep? Um, and uh, the consideration for that card is that I'm bad at Eidolon, and this could be a value swap, where instead of playing Eidolon, you play the Abbot, you get something out of it, you know, um, when it comes down, and then you also have a creature that can potentially get bigger the next turn, or almost certainly will get bigger the next turn. Uh, so two problems. First, you don't run a lot of lands, so it, there's not going to be a lot of cases where you get to play them and turn, then, yeah, and then get value. Yeah, turn three, play them, and then flip over a land. Right. right. Yeah. Um, uh, point two is that it has the same problem as Young Pyromancer, where it doesn't. It's a little better because it could potentially get you value as soon as you play it. Although, right. so could a young Pyromancer if you play it on turn three and then lightning bolt them. Right. So, it's just not a good... It's, it's just a really bad turn two play. And you want your creatures... Generally, burn, you're getting the most value out of your creatures when you play them on turn one. And so you're just adding another creature that's... You can't even cast on turn one. And then... It's bad on turn two, and then it's good half the time, maybe, on turn three. And that's just too right. slow and <laughs> too inconsistent. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you John's on playing one of them, and I think that's fine. Huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I can see that. Um, so then, uh, why not Hallowed Moonlight? So, Hallowed Moonlight, obviously, strictly a sideboard option. Mm-hmm. So... The consideration is it might only buy you a turn versus twin, right? But it replaces itself, 
and sometimes a turn is all you need against them. And then it also does well against Reanimator, and it does well against Collected Company, which seem to make the card even more attractive as a sideboard option. I don't like it versus Twin, because, yeah, it's only buying you one turn. Right, it's essentially Fog versus Twin, but it's Fog that draws you a card, and if you can untap and kill them, then, you know. Because it's not, usually not until turn four that they're going to be able to try to go off. So, you know, by turn, you know, turn four, you're holding this thing up to stop them from winning, gets you a card, and gives you a turn, you know, basically draws you two cards because you get to untap. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have a chance to kill them. Um, again, I think that's this is a, another problem with a lot of cards where people are considering it for, you know, inclusion within burn. There's too many uh, dependent variables for it to be good. So uh, you need to – it needs to be a situation where they have the twin and you're going to lose otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though. It takes a lot to make a stew. Not, not a burn stew. Doesn't yeah, take a yeah. lot. You just need cards yeah. that deal damage. Yeah. For for a very low mana cost. That's all it takes. For sure, for sure. And you know, too many cooks will definitely spoil the broth. But they fill our hearts with so much, so much love. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I have two other cards uh, sitting here. All right. Um, why not Graph Digger's Cage? Does uh, doesn't deal any damage. Right. True. But it does deal with a couple decks. What decks? It deals with company. It deals with the uh, the Gorio's Vengeance. Any of those sort of strategies. It deals with uh, uh, Dredge. Oh, I guess it does. I don't feel like those decks are fast enough for you to really need something like that, though. And it's it, it's something to consider, but yeah, I mean, and it, and it does come down on turn one, which is also pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then, the other one was wear and tear. I don't feel like talking about it. We've talked enough. Um, <laughs> doesn't do damage. Doesn't do damage. We've got destructive revelry. We don't need it. Nope. Okay. Okay. So now you just got a quick lightning round here um, at the end of this. And it's just basically how the hell do you beat blank? Sure. So uh, how the hell do you beat twin? Twin. Just be faster than them. Uh, their combo doesn't happen until turn four or turn five. And you can bring in, if you're on the draw and you feel like you're going to be too slow, you can bring in one or two Destructive Revelries to blow up their twin should that happen. Uh, because they might also bring in uh, Spellskite, so you'll have multiple targets. Uh, you just be faster than them. Okay. How the hell do you beat Affinity? Uh, destructive Revelry. Okay. <laughs> How the hell do you beat the Mirror? Uh, don't deal yourself so much damage with your lands. Uh, hold up your um, Atarka's commands and spell, uh, sorry, spell skull cracks so that you counter their lightning helixes, and hope that you draw your own hate cards such as the core firewalker or dragon's claw. Um, <laughs> how the hell do you beat Abzan Company? Uh, be mindful when they start getting up to three or four mana, because then they're going to want to cast a Kitchen Finx or something along those lines, or they they'll be able to cast a Collected Company into a Kitchen Finx. So have your uh, life gain prevention spells at the ready and hold them up if you can absolutely afford to do it, if, if at all possible. Um, that's how you win the game. They, they cast their collected company. You don't cast your Hallowed Moonlight. You cast 
your uh, Atarkas command to counter the life gain spell. And if it's Abzan Company, you want to do it before uh, the resolution of the spell. Um, because if you do it with the triggers on the stack, let's say they hit a Kitchen Finks and a Viscerous here or some sort of uh, sacrifice outlet, they can sack in response to your casting of it when it's on the stack and get an extra life gain. Ah, very good, very good. So in response to the spell itself. Yes. So once once you see a collective company, you just go, yeah, okay, we're going to cast this. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very corner case. That's assuming they, they hit a Kitchen Finks with a sacrifice outlet, or they might have a sacrifice outlet in play and they hit a Kitchen Finks. Right. So you're just pre- preventing that from happening. Yep. That's good. That's good to know. Uh, how in the hell do you beat Tron? I don't know. Just show up. Show up and play your deck. <laughs> uh, I have I have Molten Rain, so those are good. Um, I do bring in one or two Destructive Revelries because they just run like... So many artifacts. Yeah, just a ton of artifacts. Uh, generally, you're going to be faster than them. Um, cool. So you're fine. Awesome. How in the hell do you beat Grixis Control? That's a tough one. <laughs> That's kind of why I'm like edging away from Burn slightly. Although, I do feel like in paper, especially... Uh, the field's going to be way more diverse than you think it will be. People gen- generally have their modern deck or they work on their modern deck for a year or two years even. So people aren't just shifting modern decks like week to week like they do with standard. Right. So I wouldn't worry about like you having a bad matchup uh, if, you're, if you know a deck and you get good with it. So uh, all that aside, uh, Grixis Control is not a good matchup though. You, if you can get down a Eidolon, that's very good early yeah there's uh, they run so many counter spells and those are really good against you and then they get decided to dispel which is really really good against you yeah super efficient yeah that's why i've been playing merfolk because you get a whole bunch of island walkers (laughs) and they're running islands and that's the best solution up to to beat grix's control because it's such a well-rounded deck that's so funny um how the hell do you beat infect uh searing blood and I mean, you just have all the removal anyway, and then destruct, uh, not destructive probably. Although I do bring in one or two. But they do have mutagenic growth. So, I mean, like, even if you do have a searing blood, sometimes they can pump in response. Yeah, so what you're going to want to do is, if you don't think you're going to die when they attack, either try to remove their creature with your searing blaze or your searing blood on your turn so that they have to waste the cards and... Yeah. Don't get to translate those cards into infect damage. Or right. if you really think like you have plenty of burn and you're going to be able to like just kill it no matter what, but you can you have like a couple of infect damage to give, just let them hit you. And then if for some unforeseen reason you you think you can get into a battle with them that you'll ultimately win because you have like like an, a trump card like destructive revelry on their um, ink moth nexus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, try to wait <laughs> and try to pass priority uh, because, you know, if it's dealing to infect damage to you and you're not going to die, then just let it happen. And then if you must spend your spell, uh, do it at end step so that they it's kind of like killing it on your turn. Right. Where they're not getting they're not getting to use their cards to further their game plan. Cool. Uh, how the hell do you beat Lantern Control? I don't even know. I, I literally, I barely know what this deck is because I haven't even really seen much of it. Oh, it's fine. Just get an early creature down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, all your creatures are good against them um, just because your one drops will get in a lot of damage by the time they cast an ensnaring bridge. 
uh, even your, especially your Eidolon. You cast your Eidolon, and then they're, they're going to cast a bunch of spells and deal themselves a whole mess of damage. And then mm-hmm. once the Ensnaring Bridge comes down, you have plenty of cards that deal damage directly. That and it, you're probably and this, this is probably their worst matchup burn. This actually seems like a deck where Grim Lavamancer is going to really shine. Yep, they give you more fuel. Yeah, they fill up your graveyard, and it doesn't have to attack. Yeah, so Lantern Control, goes, I think, is a very, very, very good matchup for Burn. Good. Okay, cool. And then how the hell do you beat Gorio's Vengeance? Uh, hope they don't have it. <laughs> or Skullcrack um, before they can reanimate. Like, if you have a Skullcrack effect, uh, hold uh, it up before they reanimate their uh, Grizzlebrand. That's it. Okay. Because then they can't... Um, do the tricks with uh, um, Arcane, the uh, Nourishing Shoal, to gain more life, to draw more cards. They have to basically just do it before the Grizzlebrand comes out. And Ah, then they have a limited supply of cards. You're limiting their supply of cards and cutting off their avenues to combo you out. But uh, realistically, you just have to hope they don't have it. It's a very bad matchup. If that's such a bad matchup, but you don't think that, like... I know, Path to Exile... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, Path to Exile. Well, yeah. there you go. That's already in the sideboard. That's so. good versus Goro's Vengeance. Well, there we go. All right. Well, good. Because I was going to say, well, Graph Digger's Cage, but no, if we're already good with Path, then then nothing has to be added. That's good. So, cool. So, that's a little overview on uh, on the burn deck uh, for, for my benefit. Hopefully for some of y'all's, too, who have... Uh, been wanting to play the deck or even have been wanting to play against the deck all right so next week pax prime battle for zendikar spoilers world magic championships um maybe a little modern to- well, we'll have a tournament report because we'll be playing uh in modern on on sunday oh god what am i gonna play so there we go so there so there so we'll have we'll have a lot of awesome stuff to talk about next week full plate Full plate of content. It's always a good thing. Yeah, maybe I'll play Burn. Who knows? Ha! Let's skew it. Let's skew the metagame. Bring your feed to clans or die. No. Uh, that's all we have for this week. Until next time, we are Yo MTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. I was going to say start burning. Start by. That would have been better. That's good, though. It's fine. MTG Taps is available every bloody Friday forever on legitmtg.com, iwantmymtg.com, mtgcast.com, and iTunes. Email us, yomtgtaps at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr, yomtgtaps.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at yomtgtaps. Follow me on Twitter at OMGWTFBHJFTW. Follow Steven on Twitter at M00NPI. Follow Joey on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com.
thanks for listening.